0: Well, hi, Christ Journey family. Welcome back as we take another step in the journey together. Pastor Bill here, but with a very special guest today. We are interrupting our regular series to uh, to have a special interview with a very special friend of mine, Pastor Eddie Jervis. Hey. And Eddie and I have been together for, I guess, we've had a friendship over 20 years.
1: Yes, yes, uh, you're
0: absolutely correct. Been right here in Miami, raised in Miami. Would, would you introduce yourself?
1: My name is Pastor Eddie Jervis, lead pastor of Community Christian Church, married to a lovely wife, Delphine, for about 22 years. And we've been doing ministry with Community Christian Church. I've been in full-time ministry with the church I'm leading now since 1988. Oh, I got saved 1988 since 1992. Come on. Yes. And so I became the Lord, just led our pastor to turn it over to me. You know him, wow. Pastor Tom Pokorny. Yes. Yes. And my spiritual dad is a white dude and my associate yeah, pastor. Some of your, I, your I, mix. I know. And then my associate pastor, good friend and a, a white dude. And my two brothers are in the law enforcement and I'm also a police chaplain. All right. And then also two of my brother's wives are white. So we have a wonderful, beautiful biracial nephew and nieces. So it's just an awesome family makeup. But also, you know, with what's going on right mm. now, I have to just, I have a different vintage for you, a different yeah. perspective between by, between law enforcement and my Caucasian family. Right. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: I've been... I've been interested in having this conversation for a while. Uh-huh. Actually, we've already had it before. Yes, but I'm very interested today because we get to invite all of our journey family Amen. into it, and anybody Amen. else who's connecting with us around, across the nation, around the world, wherever you are today. That and and one of the reasons I'm I'm so thankful and excited about this yes. is because I don't know what I don't know. Yeah, I understand. And I mm-hmm. want I'm here in a posture of listening. Mm-hmm. And learning, I want to be mm. sure that I'm uh, doing what the Scripture says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, mm-hmm. slow to get angry. And then, especially with a Christ follower like you, pastor for all these years, chaplain in the Miami Police Depe- or mm-hmm. Miami Beach, Beach Police Department, Department mm-hmm. um, that your unique perspective will help us listen in in a, a very fresh way, so thank you so much.
1: First of all, I wanna say also thank you, Dr. Bill, for allowing us to come to this point where we have this type of conversation. I wanna say y'all got an awesome pastor. Um, for him to be bold, to to, to have this t- difficult conversation, a lot of pastors I know personally, and I know, and I've heard of, are, are not having this conversation yet, mm. but I want to say you're
0: one of the few and I want to say thank you for being bold and taking that step. I don't know how bold I'm being, <laughs> but I but I desire our church's purpose mm-hmm. is to find and follow Christ, to help people find and follow Christ. Mm. And so uh, you're a Christ follower, I'm a Christ follower. We want to follow Jesus in the middle of whatever comes our way, Amen. including the crisis at hand. Amen. And uh, it helps me. To turn to Jesus' word, and to um, to allow Him to show me my place in the story. Yes. And so the story that seems to fit where we find ourselves today, mm. very special one. I'd like to start with it, offer a few comments, and then we'll just have some question and answer together. Great. Okay. Great. Uh, Luke chapter ten, beginning in verse twenty-five. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Mm. He asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Mm. What is written in the law? Jesus replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with yes. all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. Amen. Love your neighbor as, as yourself. yourself. Yes. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, the lawyer did, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? <laughs> In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from, Jer- from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Yeah. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by
1: mm.
0: on the other side. <laughs> so, too, a Levite temple worker Yeah." when he came to the place and saw him pass by mm. on the other side. Mm. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, took pity on him, he went to him, yes. bandaged his wounds, pouring mm. on oil and wine. Yes, Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. Mm. The next day, he took out two denarii, or two silver coins, and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and uh, when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three, he then asked the lawyer, (laughs) do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And then Jesus said, "Go, and do likewise." Amen. Man, what a story, and what a time mm-hmm. that it would seem to match where we are. So, yes. what I'm what I'm interested in us seeing as we prepare uh, to find our way into the conversation forward. Yes, is um, some insights from Jesus. Perhaps this first, notice and name the pain at hand. Jesus. Uh, identifies in the story those that pass by essentially close their eyes Mm -hmm. so he would say don't close your eyes don't walk by don't find religious reasons to excuse yourself from the need at hand but notice and name the pain and uh you know we don't so we're here today saying what's the pain how how do we enter into the conversation we're not going to say you know this is not my problem yes um or or i i don't really do that no today we're we're gonna notice and name the pain. The second thing he said is attend to the wounded. Yes. And the one thing that we know as Christian pastors, as followers of Jesus, a God who loves the whole world is that all lives matter to God. That so much that Christ, God in Christ would give his life for them. Yes. Um, Every race, every place, every person. But in the story, one of the things we notice is there's one that mattered most at the time. Yes. And it was the one that was just battered. So sometimes we may wonder about what does Black Lives Matter mean? Mm-hmm. Well, what I'm hearing in the story is yes. the one that has experienced the pain most recently and mm-hmm. most presently. Yes. And so in the the death of George Floyd, yeah. we're rallying around and saying, what happened? He matters. Yes. People matter, but especially Need to attend to the wounded. Where is mm. the wound now? And then third, verse 35, Jesus uh, shows the good Samaritan committing to a shared future. You know, there's yes. there's more to come. So he puts him on his donkey, takes him to get his, he tends to his wounds, puts him on his donkey, and then he says, now put it on my tab. Yeah. I'll be back. Yeah. There's beautiful. more to this conversation, in other words. So beautiful. So what we're saying today is that this conversation is just that, and there are more to come. Amen. And uh, we're hoping and looking forward beyond this to say we're committed to try to listen into the story. Amen. And then to learn how we can respond, as Jesus said, "Love our neighbor, our neighbor as we today. love ourselves." Amen. So, having said that, uh, I wonder if this would be a good time. Uh, well, actually, before we start asking our questions, we I started asking these questions yes. last week. Yeah. And some days before that, of our own people, who have found themselves in the place of uh, of experiencing racial injustice, mm. and so why don't we listen in first to some of their stories? Again. Amen. We know that the statistics show
2: that a black unarmed male is three point five times more likely to be shot than a white unarmed male. So from that perspective, it does evoke fear and concern as a parent of a black young man. For me as a mom, it's hard. It's sad um, to parent my kids. How much video footage do I show them um, so that they can be aware and know what's going on You know, I have a son, he's a sharp little guy, and to know that he will be judged or he will be mistreated because of his brown skin and not because of his character and of who he is. Just for them to be proud of how God made them with their brown skin, not to feel shame or, um, sadness or anger because of it, to be proud of it and to know that God has made them special.
1: What does it really mean to love each other? Jesus says it in the, in his word. We read it in the Bible. We hear it all the time. But what does that really look like? And I guess I just would challenge you. We're challenged by what that means now as well is what does it mean to love our neighbor? Um,
2: What do I want my brothers and sisters to know right now? I'd like them to know that there are families across our communities, just like ours, who fear for the lives of our African-American sons, our law enforcement officers. Um, But especially in our case, where hatred comes in multiple um, directions, one, oftentimes because the community itself feels that he's a traitor to them by becoming a police officer. And then in those who just hate him because he's an, uh, an African-American. Yeah, I know the world divides and conquers us by calling us black and white, Hispanic. But Paul lets us know in Galatians 3.28, that now for those of us who are in Christ, there's no Jew, no Gentile, no slave, no free, no black, no white, no Asian, no Hispanic, no poor, no rich, we're one in Christ. I want you to remember that. I want you to ask the Lord to show you people, Help you to see people the way he sees people, not the way you've been taught to look at people, of what the exterior, what they have or don't have, how they talk or don't talk. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you, to help you see the way God sees.
3: I share with you what God says in Acts 4, that we have all things in common and that we are one body, one soul, and one mind in Christ Jesus. That we need to lead the effort of unification, to tear down the walls that we have placed in our communities, in our church, and and demonstrate to the world what it means to love one another and be my brother's keeper.
1: We must do better. We must change our perspective. Differences in race, differences in color, differences in ethnicity can no longer be viewed as something negative. Whether we hold a position of power to influence the legal system, whether we hold a platform to preach from, or whether it's in the midst of our daily relationships,
3: we must act to transform the collective minds of white people towards non-white people. We must learn to live at least in part for the benefit of those outside of ourselves. It can no longer be about us or them. It must become simply us and them.
4: I do not want you to feel guilt in your heart because guilt is not of the Lord and an innocent man should never have to feel guilty. I also want understanding as a black woman in America, I want people to listen and I want people to see from my perspective, to peer into the lens through which I am able to see things through. I also want empathy instead of criticism. There are so many things going on because of feelings that are so deeply rooted that it cannot just be erased simply and passed over. We need to combat this cultural pandemic through love. And it is my hope that as um, a member of this amazing church, that through love, healing can begin, conversations can be had, and we can move on.
0: What a great prayer that is. Mm. That healing can begin, conversations can be had, and we can move on. Yes. Together. Yeah. So, Pastor Eddie, thank you so much for being with us here together toward that end. And I've got a few questions that have come my way that I would love to listen and learn from you on. And the first one is this, um, what questions should white people be asking right now? And what do black people, what what would they like to hear or see happening from white people? Well, I'm not gonna speak for my whole entire
1: race, but I, I, I have a personal opinion. And one of the things I, I, tell, I tell my friends, my white friends, I tell them, listen, you don't have to be perfect, but participate. Hmm. You know, you don't have to be perfect in your answers, perfect in being around and showing some empathy, but participate with what's going on. Do not be silent. Mm. You know? Yeah, that's why silence hurts, I guess. Yes. It's almost like what um what we saw in the context of the scripture, where the priest came by, he was silent mm. at the at the man that was injured mm-hmm. on the side of the road. And mm-hmm. he he went about his business and pretend that. Nothing happened. Yeah. And then you had the church goer, the Levite, mm. go to church all the time, you know. But here it is, this guy's suffering, and he was silent and kept on going, moving on, this is none of my business. Mm-hmm. But, and so the thing is acknowledging, just acknowledging that something is wrong. Acknowledging, hey, there's p- people on the side of the road hurting, like you said. Mm-hmm. You know, all lives matter, but at not, at right now, we're noticing there is something wrong Black Lives Matter, mm. and if like one the NASCAR racer, one of the Black NASCAR—I mean, the only NASCAR racer—said, um, he said, "We should put Black Lives Matter too to let them know that hey, th- uh-huh. we're hurting. Uh-huh. You know, all lives matter, but Black lives matter too, mm. and we need to understand. There need to be an acknowledgement, and I, I'm glad that the acknowledgement is happening now. Yeah. The difference that I noticed between now." And last protest is more more Caucasian, more white people are joining in. You know, Latinos are joining in, mm-hmm. and it's it's becoming a more diverse protest. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's well, so beautiful.
0: This, this is larger than a than an out there thing for no, me. No, I, I would like to know from you. Okay. You know, how do I help you know that you matter to me? Uh,
1: acknowledging acknowledging what I'm going through, acknowledging seeing the injustice, and number two for me is you know affirming. You know, you saying, hey, there's a problem, and I notice it's impacting you as a person and impacting your people group, your culture. Right. And I, I believe by having that type of empathy says something to me, like, hey, you're in this. We're in this together. We're gonna resolve this together. Mm-hmm. And it's good that we're having conversations, but we had conversations from last injustice between law enforcement and a, and a black person. And I'm glad we're having that conversation again but now what are the action steps that we're gonna take? Like yeah. we look at this Good Samaritan, like you just said, is that when the Good Samaritan saw, acknowledge, and realize and affirm that, hold up, this man got a problem and I need to help him out. He took action, you know, and that was so awesome what he did and, and in taking action, meaning, you know, protesting, participating, or coming to my house and try to understand me. Mm. And then, hey, how can I can make a difference? You know, let's go see how can we change the justice system. Let's go see how we can hand, uh, talk to law enforcement to see if they can put in new training, mm. you know, and what else is talking to the government or talking to our politicians to see, hey, is there it? Let's look at the stats. Are there systematic prejudice? Is there racism in the system? And how do we correct that?
0: Well, this, um, th- this, this is a unique perspective that you can bring uh, because bringing up law enforcement, I have another question that's mm-hmm. come to me. Like how, what do we say to law enforcement families? We have several in our church family, mm-hmm. uh, but law enforcement families with good officers who are now dealing with their own set of chaotic tension in this, whether they're white or black, mm-hmm. and you work with both officers, white and black, yes, and Hispanic as yes. well. Um, but what do we? How do we say to them? Because it looks like part of the a national, one national narrative that's being offered is that this is somehow a black versus blue, yeah, uh, experience. Mm-hmm. Black people versus pe peop- those who serve in blue. Yeah. So. Would you like to help us out there? If, yeah,
1: I, you know, as I'm I talk to listening, this, but yes, uh, help us out. As, as I talked to some of the officers, you know, many of them are upset because you know, it's not all officers. It's probably some or one percent. So many of them are upset also because that put a stain on them, mm. and then that now they have to carry that embarrassment, even though it happened in another state, and another city, and, and another they county. They were not to blame. They are not to blame, and. I, and I have, to, I have to check on them, make sure they're okay, because now they're seeing protests and they're seeing protesters attacking them or attacking law enforcement. Now they have, to, they have to protect themselves as law enforcement and also do a job. And then they have to wonder, you know, I have to protect my family if, right. in the neighborhood I stay in, because you don't know if anybody has a, any animosity towards them. So I pray for them, I make sure they're okay, that and they don't respond in anger, you know, because they're 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 angry also at these four guys, and re- representing the badge, and then also pray for the family because you know the mm. family go out there worrying, yeah. you know, they're let alone, they're yeah, alive. they're always worrying so far because they the, the, the they have the badge on and they have to go and risk their lives to make sure there's law and order, mm. but now you have this this pan during this pandemic yeah. and now you have this racial tension that's that's not even nationally but globally mm. so you have to pray for the family and and I would encourage churches I would encourage churches to send if they if the church have a therapist or the church have a counselor to check up on them Mm-hmm. See how they're doing, mm-hmm. because, you know, they're dealing with a, with a, with a trauma also. Mm-hmm. You know? So I would encourage, I would encourage, check up on our officers, call them up, see how they're doing, letting them, letting them know, you know, we know it's not all and the beautiful picture that's been displaying throughout the media is watching protesters and officers hugging each other. We have seen that. Oh, and I know one of the women. And I know one of the here. women, yeah, right <laughs> in Miami. And that, and that woman, I know, she'd be oh. coming to our board meeting because I'm part of the county board, community relations board. And then she's like, she's so concerned about the community. And she has a right. heart for the community because she lost her son through uh, a violent death. Uh-huh. And she gathered the mothers of that community. And when I saw her, ask the officer for a hug on that scooter and she asked the officer for a hug and it hit national TV. I was like, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And let's let the law enforcement family know that, hey, we love you. We appreciate you. We know it's not all of you, but we're here for you. But check up on your law enforcement family.
0: Mm-hmm. They, need, they need to know they're, they're, that, they're that appreciated. That kind of leads us right into the next question, which is how do we, As believers, as people who want to follow Jesus Mm -hmm. and honor scripture, Mm -hmm. how do we honor governing authority while at the same time love our brothers and sisters who may be experiencing the injustices that we've witnessed? Now, as a
1: Christian, before I'm a black man, I'm a Christian. And as Christians, we honor our authority. We honor those that are in authority. We pray for those that are in authority. But also as a Christian, we, like John the Baptist did when he saw, um, I believe, Herod was doing something wrong. and He was in government position. We have to say things. We have to say sin is sin. And as a Christian, first, before we, be, before we put our culture, we are citizens of heaven. And so as a citizen of heaven, I have to say sin is sin. Whether that person is in authority, I mean, say it respectfully, Mm -hmm. say it with respect, but there's time there's, they call it holy anger. Me and you know that. There's a time where there's a holy anger and then there's a time you have to deal with sin. But then if it's not actual sin, you know, have a conversation. Talk to those in authority. Let them know how you feel. Let them know what's unfolding in a community you're displeased. That's why I think we we have to have that balance and make sure we put our Christian faith first before we put our culture.
0: Mm. Well, that's a a great lead into the next question. I'm just looking down here and it says that the next question is this. How do we move forward Mm -hmm. in such a hotly politicized and polarized environment Mm -hmm. where to have any position or any conviction immediately makes you discredited in somebody's eyes or... Um, you know, with social media and, yes, and, yes. and people, and anger, like you said, and yes. sometimes people feel like they're justified in their godly anger. Yeah. But there's another verse that James says: uh, the wrath, the wrath of man does not accomplish the righteousness of yes. God. Yes. So how do we enter into that difficult place in the middle of this kind of polarized environment? I believe, you know, I'm going to look at a
1: scripture aspect is that, you know, we have to deal with, we have to deal with that we're not going to please everyone, especially if we're Christians, we already know we're not going to please the world. Hmm. So we have to understand that. And then we want the first person we want to please the audience of one, our Father, which are in heaven. Hmm. And so let's, let's first, let's get that perspective right. Pleasing one person, our Father in heaven, Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and then We come from there and then ask the difficult question, you know, how do we put or strategize together? Let's sit down and strategize together. Um, Let it not be only injustice in the law system, not in the law enforcement or in the judicial system or in our political system. But let's talk about society, too, how people treat one another. So let's start implementing our daily Mm. you know routine with other people mm-hmm. one of the one of the, one of the shows i like was 2020 segment shows is what would i do mm. and they and they put people in, in in controversial scenarios to see how would you respond in like manner as a, as a as a you know good citizen yeah. of the united states of america but also how would we respond as citizens of heaven and so we we should our daily action—we should say something when we when we see injustice. Right. Not waiting for the law enforcement, but we should say something to our neighbors. Say something to a person we see that's, you know, belittling a race or belittling uh, a person because of their financial status. We need to be—we need to say something. To our daily routine mm-hmm. at work, at home. Start dealing with our home our community, and then we might change our city, like Tony Evans said, change our city, then we might change our county, and then we might change our
0: country. Amen. Amen. Well, how about this one, Pastor? Go ahead. How do we keep moving forward without despair? You know, here we go again. Oh, my goodness. Do we just, what do we do to not let despair have... If we were to extend Gosh. the Good Samaritan, the Good Samaritan story,
1: you know, if we were to extend it. We we realized the the Good Samaritan acknowledged the situation, he affirmed that it was impacting this guy that was on right. the side of the road. Right. He took action by using his own money and everything. But if we were to extend it, we we need to show each other affection. You know, you 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 can't help me. If we don't have a relationship. You know, I don't want you to just help me because the whole world is going upside down or, oh, this just happened, so let's handle it now and then two months later, you know, I'll, I'll come back if the next situation or, or another racial issue come up, we'll, we'll meet again. Yeah. No, let, let's have an affection for one another. Let's, let's have friendship. A friendship. A friendship with one another. Let's, let's go out and eat. Let's build that camaraderie. Let's build that friendship. Not only that, but also knowing as a friend we will offend each other. So we got to learn how to forgive. So Mm -hmm. we're going to have affection. They got to come with fellowship and forgiveness, you know? And and we have to understand, you know, I will not meet your expectation. You will not meet all of my expectation. Like I said, we want participation, not perfection. Mm -hmm. And so we need to give that uh, that, that extension of forgiveness, loving one another, we're gonna be offended, you know, like the disciples. Disciples, you know, offended each other <laughs> numerous of times. And Jesus had to look at them like, boys, fellas, <laughs> I'm talking about I'm about to die. You're talking about who's gonna take over. <laughs> you know, that's a yeah. that's a hard, that's a hard situation. But we gotta understand that we wanna we wanna offend others. Yeah. And we you may, we may not like the way you're listening, and we may not, you may not like the way we respond. And so we just gotta give that extension of love. And forgiveness, and I like what Micah 6 says, you know, to to act justly, to to love kindly, show mercy, Mm -hmm. show mercy, and then to walk humbly before our God. And and that's what God is calling us, to be affectionate towards one another.
0: Well, let's hear from some of our people again as to how we might do just that. We really should search our hearts, search
2: our soul and our minds, and ask God to remove Any of the deep-seated mindsets that may even remotely look like racism or treating another human being differently because of the color of their skin.
1: To my brothers and sisters, I just want you to remember, be proud of who you are because no one can take it. When others push us down, we always come back. And we always come back stronger.
3: Racism is real in our city. Racism is real in our country. And I just pray that
1: this is a season that change will happen. Make God first in, for the justice that needs to happen. Make God first for our emotions, to, to grieve to, to about what's happening in our country. Put God first for revenge. Not, not, a, not allowing us to take in our own hands
3: because our ways are not God's ways. Our thoughts are not God's thoughts and His ways and His thoughts are way better. We are not in this
4: alone. See, together we stand in Christ in His suffering and He stands with us in our suffering. And together we stand to pray, to encourage those families that have been hurt, to calm each other down, to encourage one another in words of truth and love and to learn to learn from what to learn from the past mistakes that our world has made. We don't fight fire with fire. We're not going to throw more coal in it. Let's stand firm in what we believe and show them a different way. Let's show them that the strength that we have is not our own. Let's show them that no matter what is being done to us, our faith is bigger than our pain.
3: Yet here we are, we are still judging people by the color of their skins and not the content of their characters. And that is a sin, and we need to call it a sin, and we need to repent of that sin, that we need to stop looking at people through the lens of a color, through the color of their skin, and start judging people and looking at people simply for who they are. Um, And unless all of us get to that place, we will continue to have moments like this in our country where we are dealing with the open wounds of racism, the wounds that have not yet healed. And we need to start the process of that healing. It's up to us to do that. But it starts first with listening, with listening and understanding the pain, where it is coming from, And how we can effectively impact it. Go back and read Matthew chapter 25. As we do to the least of these, we do to Christ. So
0: how are you treating Christ today? That is the question. What a great question. And so how are we treating Christ today? Regardless of your race, regardless of your situation, regardless of what's going on in your life right now. Pastor, any closing word?
1: I just want to say thank you so much for having the conversation. I want to encourage Christ's journey to to, to talk to their neighbors. You know, talk to uh, div- talk to diverse people from other culture, from other language, from other economic status. Mm-hmm. You know, for uh, you know, if you're an influence, if you have a table of influence. Talk to someone who hardly have the influence and don't be embarrassed to be next to them and, and, and bring them to that table so they can they can talk about their issues. You know, be be open and, and be proactive because we serve a diverse God. Because, and I love him. I'm so
0: thankful. And I'm so thankful for your presence with us today.
1: Thank you for inviting me and for thank you once again for having this conversation, and like I encourage you, strategize, let's implement, and then a year later, let's see how far we have gone.
0: All right. Um, I have one closing thought that I'd like to offer to our Christ Journey family, Mm -hmm. and anybody else who has graced us today with your presence listening in. Mm. Uh, Sometimes we hear people say, hurt people hurt people, Mm. and I think we get that, because when we hurt, you know, I want to get defensive, or I'm afraid, or I don't want to get hurt again, so I'll you know, anger up or whatever. Hurt people, hurt people. Yes. But in the story, it looks like Jesus is saying that there's something else hurt people can do because there were was not only one person in that story, two people were hurt. Mm. The Samaritan, if mm. anybody in Israel mm. would know about hurt and injustice, a mm. Samaritan would. Yes. I mean all of the country was under the uh, iron boot of a military oppressive Rome mm-hmm. these uncircumcised you know uh, heathens yes, <laughs> you know, yes. the yes. Jew would consider yes um, but, um, but within Israel itself they were rejecting Samaritans as unclean, compromised um, with disdain, hatred, anger and so it was bad. when Jesus said the Samaritan stopped, It was like, wait a minute. Yeah. You know, this was one who would have a lot of hurt in his Mm. life. But Jesus made the hurt person the hero. Mm. Which says to me, where I have hurts in my life, that might be my opportunity to say, Lord, could you make this hurt help me be part of the healing Mm. for somebody else? Amen. And maybe we can pray around that thought now as we close. Would you bow with me? Jesus, thank you for what we've heard. Thank you for how you model it yourself. Yes, Lord. That you have been a victim of injustice, that you have experienced the, uh, the imperfections of humanity yes, dumped on you in, mm. on the cross. Yes, Lord. And yet, your scars now tell us that those wounds have made way for healing, yes, not only for you, but for others. And we pray that as your followers today, you would help us find that place where our hurts can become opportunities for us to join the healing side of this in our listening, in our feeling, in our acting, in our doing. Thank you for our friend, Eddie. We pray your blessings upon him, his family, his wife, their ministry, and upon all of our City, upon every church, every person who is seeking to take steps forward toward justice and peace. And I'm especially praying today for someone who is needing to receive that Hmm. healing from you. If that's you, friend, you can begin your relationship with Jesus by simply asking Him, Dear Jesus, forgive my sins, come into my life. Hmm. Fill me with your spirit. I receive the gift of salvation. Yes. And I turn from my way to learn to go your way. Yes. And I make this prayer in your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer with no. me, please let us know. God bless you.
1: Amen. Amen.